Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book, uh, the first, <coughs> excuse me, the first book of Kings. That's Melachim Aleph. We are in the middle of Perak Bet. That's chapter 2. We are about to read verse 13. <coughs> in the first 12 verses, we read of the um, David's final words to his son Shlomo and how... Um, David passed on, and Shlomo took over the throne. And we, the last of the words that we read were "Vatikon Machutom Oh, that his kingdom, his kingship was firm, firmly established as um, on the throne, with all uh, potential contenders subdued at least for now. And uh, David also gave him instructions of some loose ends he needed to tie up, which was his advice to Shlomo to make sure that Shlomo would have a solid hold on on the kingdom. So this rest of this chapter is going to deal with Shlomo really wrapping up these loose ends and uh, you know and and getting rid of those who would potentially ruin his ability to rule a united kingdom. So the first troublemaker that we've heard about was Adoniyahu, was David's own son, who notably David himself did not give Shlomo instructions what to do with Adoniyahu. One would imagine, because David was um, not, uh, um, uh, he, he never criticized his own son Adoniyahu and never uh, was willing to, um, uh, to recognize the evil that he had done. And David was also, um, you know, we know his relationship with Avshalom, despite his rebellion, how sad he was upon his death. So it makes sense that David didn't give Shlomo instructions what to do with Adonio. <coughs> so the last we heard, the first act that we heard of Shlomo doing at all was when he pardoned Adonio and said, I won't kill you as long as you remain, uh, remain faithful and you don't rebel. So... We're going to read as to whether or not Adoniyahu really kept that promise and what Shlomo did about it right now. So, Vayavo Adoniyahu ven Chagit el Batsheva. After this happened, Shlomo was the king. Adoniyahu came to Batsheva. One gets the impression that this was uh, early on in his reign. Aim Shlomo. Batsheva, of course, who was Shlomo's mother. Interestingly, <coughs> we don't have a lot of narrative from Batsheva's perspective, we have really none. We don't hear much about what she thinks, what she was like, her experience, how she felt. And it, it makes one wonder, you know, uh, it's, there's, it's just, just to think about, you know, Batsheva and what she felt about David, what she felt about Shlomo, what she felt about her situation. Um, but here we're going to have a, a little bit. The only thing we heard of her was that she was an object, really, um, she was taken in by David into his house, married. We heard about um, the, the son that she lost. We heard about her Shlomo being born. And then the next thing we hear was when she approached David and asked him to, uh, to fulfill his promise and appoint Shlomo as king. Over here, Adoniyahu comes to Batsheva. Bartomer hashalom bo'echa. And she says to him, are you coming in peace? In other words, um, you know, are you coming here to make trouble? Are you coming here to, to make a fight? Or do you have something peaceful? He says, yeah, I'm coming in peace. I, 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 I want to have peace. So Adonio convinced Batsheva, and he said, I have something I want to talk to you about. So she says to him, speak. 
And she apparently gives him the benefit of the doubt. He said he's coming in peace. Okay, let's hear what he has to say. By Yomer, and he says, At yadat kili hamelucha. You know, kili haitza hamelucha, that the kingdom was here for me to be taken. I should have been king. And all of the people of Israel looked at me to be the king. Now this is not at all even remotely close to the truth. Those of us that uh, studied together just the last chapter, the first chapter of this book, saw how happy the people were when Shlomo was chosen king and how the people celebrated and how no one was really celebrating when Adoniyahu declared himself the, the, the successor of David. But in his mind, in his narcissistic mind, um, all of Israel wanted him to be king. However, Vatisov Hamalucha Vatilachi. Nonetheless, the, the kingdom was taken away from me and given to my brother, Kime Adonai because it was God that decided that he should be king. So this, this, this um, sentence is full of narcissism and arrogance, but somehow that kind of got missed by Batsheva, um, as we'll see in a moment. In other words, he's, he's presenting himself as if, as if he was wronged, as if, as if the world owes him something. He should have been king. But, I, but since, since I'm not king, at least give me one thing. And that is, one thing I'm going to ask you. Please don't turn me away. And she said, okay, speak. He, she, he has her ear. And he says to her, Please, you speak to King Solomon. He won't turn you away. He'll listen to you. Let me have Avishag the woman from Shunam, as a wife. Avishag was the beautiful young woman who was brought to be a caretaker for David when he was in his final days. And just, I want her to be my wife. Let Shlomo give her to me as a wife. That's all I want. You know, he presented it in such a way. She's a beautiful woman. I, I love her. I want her. Send her to me. So in, in all innocence, so to speak. That's all I want. Vatomer Batsheva Tov. And Batsheva says, good, that's fine. If that's all you want, then it's fine. I will speak on your behalf to the king. Now, Batsheva is being presented here as someone who just doesn't get what he really wants. And what he clearly really wants is by marrying the king's concubine, the former king, David's concubine, <coughs> he is asserting himself into a position of being king, which is something that we've seen many times. We saw this when um, Avner was accused by Ishboshet, Saul's son, of sleeping with his concubine <coughs> as an act of treason, showing that he wanted to take over the, and be the king himself. And we saw this with Avshalom. The first thing he did to assert himself as king in his rebellion against his father was sleep with David's concubines. So... This is a clearly a maneuver, not just meant to marry her because she was beautiful, but he wanted to marry her because he wanted to position himself in a place where at the right moment he can present himself as king. He wanted the legitimate trapping of kingship by marrying the king's concubine. <coughs> okay, I just, I, I just, sorry, I, I read that. It was verse 18. 
So, verse 19, Batsheva came to the king Solomon to speak to him regarding the request that Adoniyahu had made. The king got up to greet her. He bowed to her. He respected his mother. And bowed to her by Yeshev al Kiso. He sat on his throne, Vayasem Kiseleim Hamelach, and he placed another throne right next to his for the the, king, the king's mother, Vateshev Limino, and she sat to his right side in a very honorable position. Vatomer, and she says to him, Sheil Achas Kitana Nochishualas, I have a small request to ask of you, may it talk from you. Al Toshevet Penoy, please don't turn me away. Vayomala Hamelach Shali Imi, he said, My mother, speak, speak to me. I will not turn you away. <laughs> I told her and she said, That it allow it that it should be given, from the woman from Shunam should be given to Adonio, your brother, as a wife. And the king Solomon said, answered and said to his mother as follows, why are you asking that Avishag should be given to Adonio? Visha'alilo etamalucha. Shlomo was obviously upset. He realized this was a ploy simply to get into a better position to launch a coup attempt to take the kingdom away from, from Shlomo. You might as well just ask, Visha'alilo etamalucha, you might as well just ask that I give over the kingship back to him. Kihu achi hagadolmimeni. Isn't he the big brother? And, and, and he has the, those two guys that were with him, Eviatar the Kohen and Yoav ben Surya, they were out there helping him. So he has him and his buddies. This is all part of their coup attempt. You might as well just have said it straight up. And the king Shlomo swore by God's name as follows. That um, uh, literally, that translation is so. So may God do to me, and so may He continue to do, right? Because I clearly, the, when when Adonio spoke this thing, he is trading away his life for that because he deserves death for that. Viata and now Chai Adonai, he swears by God's name, by God's existence. Asher Achinani vayoshivani kisei that He has established me. And he put me to sit on the throne of my father David. He created for me a, a home, a house, meaning the house of David, the house of kingship. As he spoke, he would, as he said he would, I swear that today I'm going to put Adonio to death. And Shlomo took his trusty general now, the one who stood by his side throughout all of the trials. He sent him and he struck him down and killed him. So that was the end of that threat. Shlomo had promised not to kill him if he behaved himself, but he very quickly showed that he was still scheming to take over the kingdom. In verse 26, now we're going to move on to some of the other people who, who are problems. Leviatar HaKohen, he went to Eviatar the Kohen. Remember, Eviatar was a loyal servant of David for most of David's life, except at the end, Eviatar helped Adoniyahu. He became the priest for Adoniyahu while Adoniyahu was trying to become the king. Amar Amelach, the king, said to him as follows, 
Anatot Lech Al Sadecha. Go to Anatot. Anatot was a city of priests. <coughs> um, go to your fields over there. Go to your home there. Because you are a person who deserves to die. But today, I will not execute you. Because you were there to carry the Ark of Covenant of God before David when David was running. And you went through all the trials and difficulties <coughs> that my father went through. So you stood by his side. So I'm not going to kill you even though you really deserve to die for this rebellion. <coughs> so just leave. Go to Anatot. And Shlomo banished him from being a priest to God here in, in Jerusalem, in the capital. Which in the end um, fulfilled the, the curse that God had made at the house of Eli. Remember back in the beginning of the book of Shmuel, we learned how the house of Eli, who was serving in the tabernacle when it was in Shiloh, how the house of Eli was condemned to have no more descendants uh, serving in the temple. And Eviatar apparently was a descendant of the house of Eli. By Shlomo banishing him, this was a fulfillment of that curse. Um, so Eviatar was banished and no longer allowed to practice his trade, which was his trade being a priest. He had to go back to working his field back in his hometown, Anatot. So now... That's what he did to Eviatar. The next obvious person who needs to be dealt with is Yoav. And remember, of course, Yoav, we're going to read again a little review about why what Yoav did was so egregious. And the news reached Yoav, <coughs> the news that Shlomo had, had executed Adoniyahu, had banished Eviatar. Yoav knew that he's obviously next. So the news came. And because Yoav had uh, been a part of the rebellion and had and had um, supported Adonia, however, in the previous rebellion of Avshalom, he did not go with Avshalom. He stood by David's side. <coughs> so Yoav now knew that um, his time had come and that the next victim of Shlomo's wrath was going to be him. So So Yoav ran to the uh, tent of God, in other words, to the place where the altar was, and he held on to the corner of the altar, similar to what Adoniyahu had done in the last chapter to try to save himself, because he wouldn't, uh, Shlomo wouldn't come and take him and execute him at the side of the altar itself. And it was told to the king Shlomo <coughs> that Yoav had run to God's tent, to the place where the altar was, and he is standing next to the altar. And Shlomo sent Yoav, the son of Yoyada, he's again his trusty military general, he said, go and strike him down. And Benayahu came to the, the, to the God's uh, place, to the tent of God, and he said, The king has commanded, say that you should leave. No, I will die right here. I'm not leaving. 
So Ben Hayo sent back to the king uh, uh, the, what's happening. He sent him a message. He said, this was the um, dialogue, the exchange between what I said and what Yoav said to me. And the king said, uh, He said that he's going to die here. He's not going to leave. So kill him there. Do exactly as he said. Strike him down even while he is at the altar. And you can, and you will remove the 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 stain of the blood that he spilled for free. In other words, the wasted blood he killed people that endangered um, me and my father's house. Um, that blood that he had killed will now be avenged, and you will remove that stain. And God will avenge himself upon him. Literally, that means God will put his own blood down on his own head, meaning the, his own guilt will come back and haunt him. He struck down two innocent men. Those men were better than him. Remember, those were both men who had initially opposed David and had been the enemy but they made moves and tried to bring the people back together. He struck them down with the sword. And my father David, he did not know. He did not command them to be killed. He wanted them to remain alive so he can bring about peace between the different factions. And who were those two people? Avner, the son of Ner, who was the chief general in Israel. And Amosa, who was the the commander of the forces of Judah, remember under Absalom during the rebellion, but then David wanted to bring Amasa back. And he then appointed him over as general himself over his forces. But and then when and Yoav went ahead and killed both of them. May their blood, the, the guilt of their death, be uh, come down upon the head of Yoav. And on the head of all of his descendants forever. And then once this is done for David and his children, meaning me, Shlomo, and uh, um, and my family, and the house of David, and the throne of David, there shall be peace forever from God. In other words, Yoav represented the opposite of peace. And now we will bring about peace. So he, he followed his instructions. Nayo went into the tent of God. He struck him down and killed him. And he was buried in his house out in the wilderness. So now that Yoav, the, who is still apparently the official commander of the army, he placed the king appointed Benayahu to be the general instead of Yoav. Yet Sadok HaKohen and Sadok the priest who was loyal to, to Solomon. The king placed him in place instead of Eviatar who had been banished. And now there is one more person <coughs> that needs to be dealt with. That's Shimi Ben Geira. Shimi Ben Geira was also a, a, a potential contender, a person who had a lot of sway with the tribe of Benjamin and the people of Israel, as opposed to the people of Judah. Remember, those divisions had already existed. They're currently united, but those divisions existed. And Shem'i uh, saw himself as um, 
uh, he, he tried to seek the opportunity to use Avshalom's rebellion in order to, to get rid of David and to reestablish the monarchy in the hands of the tribe of Benjamin through reinstalling a descendant of Saul. And then when Shimei saw that the rebellion lost, then he went ahead and started being loyal to David again. So he was backhanded. He was a two-timer. So um, Vayomerlo, so uh, the king crawled out to Shimei, and he said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem. And you will live there. And you're not allowed to leave Jerusalem. In other words, he basically put him on house arrest. So the purpose being... Shimi out there and among the people, uh, his people of Benjamin can do all kinds of things. He can he can get people together. He can launch a rebellion. But as long as he's here, stuck in his house in Jerusalem, which is uh, you know where the capital of the people of Judah was and Solomon's throne was, Shimi won't be able to uh, lead lead a rebellion. He won't be a threat without killing him, because remember, David had promised Shimei that he wouldn't kill him at a time when David was trying to bring the people together and make peace, and Shimei was then claiming to be loyal to David. However, if the moment you leave, and you cross over the Kidron Valley, right, the uh, Wadi Kidron, right, <coughs> the minute you leave Jerusalem, that's it, you're dead. And Shimi, having seen Yoav executed and having seen Adonio executed, realized this is actually a pretty good deal. So that's this is good. Just like you have commanded, that's what I will do. And for many days, Shimi lived in Jerusalem. It was after three years of living in Jerusalem. But it, under this house arrest, <coughs> and two of Shimi's uh, servants ran. They were maybe they were running away. They wanted to uh, get their own freedom. And they ran to Achish, who was the king of Gat, apparently a Philistine king. At this point, the Philistines still existed, but they were subdued. They were no longer a threat to Israel. But they ran to Gat in order to um, escape from him. And the message came back to Shimi saying that your servants are now in Gat. That's where they have reached. And Shimi, not wanting to lose his servants, and Shimi got up, he saddled up his donkey, he went to Achish in order to get his servants back. So Shimi went, and he brought his servants back from Gat. And it was told to Shlomo that Shimi left Jerusalem. <coughs> he went all the way to Gat and came back. The king called and, and summoned Shimi to his to the palace. Didn't I swear you by God's name? And um, and I and I warned you, Lamar saying, that the day you go out and go to anywhere. Here or there, any place outside Jerusalem, that you're going to die. Um, and, and didn't you answer me and say, yes, this is a good, this is a good deal, and, and that, that this that I hear, this deal that you're saying? Why did you not keep the promise that you made by God? The clear, explicit command that I commanded you. 
So the king said to Shimei, You know very well everything that was in your heart, all the evil that you did to David. You know that you weren't truly loyal. You know that you were rebellious. And now God is going to take vengeance upon you for that 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 um, evil that you had in your mind to do to my father. That's what God is going to do to you. However, the king Shlomo will be blessed by God. He's speaking of himself in third person. And the throne of David, that throne which you sought to, to take down, is going to be established before God forever. The king commanded Benayo, the son of Yoyadah, and he went out and he struck him down and killed him. So that... Uh, that took away a, a leader who could potentially have whipped up the northern tribes to rebel. Uh, Yoav, who was another leader who had, who, who his, his, his attitude towards vengeance led to a difficulty in making peace with the other factions. Um, those two are gotten rid of. Adoniyahu, who was the chief contender to the crown, who had the serious potential of trying to set up a rebellion and taking down Shlomo. He was gone. And Evyatar, the priest, has now been demoted, is no longer a priest, and he's banished from practicing his trade forever. And Sadok, the loyal priest, is placed. So at this point, the kingdom was secure in the hands of Shlomo. It is now set and secure, and Shlomo is going to lead. And in the next chapter, we're going to learn more about Shlomo and his... Uh, the growth of his kingdom. Thank you so much for studying chapter 2 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 3 and many more chapters and the entire book of Kings together. Have a wonderful day.